0: I'm Art On This is What the Fuck is Wrong with Us, uh, the podcast where we talk about why people are so drawn to watching, reading, and writing dark things. Uh, this week's guest is Kimberly Love, um, sort of thriller horror author over from the States. If you'd like to tell us a bit about yourself, Kimberly.
1: Hi there. Um, I've been writing for about 15 years. I started off in the world of ghostwriting before people kept encouraging me to publish my own stuff. So I finally did that in 2018. Um, and I started off with a memoir called you taste like whiskey and sunshine. And so I've, I continued writing from there and realized that, um, the funnest part of writing for me was writing dark stuff. You know, I'm a big true crime fan, I watch a lot of documentaries. And I was like, you know what, I'm going give to give it a go myself at it and, and see how it goes. So, yeah, I guess I find the most fun is, is writing about dark things.
0: Mm-hmm. And you said that you started as a ghostwriter, yeah?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ghostwrited for, gosh, probably over 20 years. Um, you know, I, I used to journal when I was a child. So I have like 15 years of journals. And so I, I'm just always used to writing, um, self-taught. And uh, yeah, I guess career-wise, I started in the industry as a ghostwriter. I've written over 150 books for other people. Uh, wow. So yeah, I have, a lot, <laughs> I have a lot of experience. And then, you know, I just decided to go off on my own and, and you know, do my own thing. So yeah.
0: So were there, were there mostly biographies that you wrote for other people or were you writing stories for other people?
1: Yeah. Fiction? There's a lot of, yeah, it was, it was honestly, I probably wrote like maybe three or four autobiographies, but the most was romance novels. People, people who wanted to be romance writers, I guess, and who didn't have the skill to write them their own. They hire ghostwriters and off they go.
0: I, I'm fascinated by this because I've not really heard about it. So is this, is yeah. this like celebrities who aren't really writers and want to sort of leverage nope. their identity? No.
1: No. And I mean, I truly believe that most celebrities aren't writing their own books. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it really is just, you know, Joe Blow who wants to put out a romance novel, but doesn't have the skill to, like, you know, most of my clients, 99.9% of them are unknown people, who just are, I don't, I I mean, I, I don't know, I don't understand the appeal myself, like, as to why you would want to release books, if you're not a writer yourself, I don't, Understand the logic behind it, but it's a big thing. Like, I mean, I made a whole career out of it, so there's a lot of people releasing books that aren't necessarily their own. So,
0: oh wow, <laughs> I might have to get yeah. you to write my next book and get my numbers up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have all these people contacting me now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no ghost writing anymore. She's writing her own stuff, so uh, yeah, don't, don't be sliding in the DMs, it's
1: a lot of work. <laughs>
0: wow so yep. you've written a few different things the last few years and then yes. that brings us to the reason that we met are we all right kimberly if uh, just we tilt the camera maybe up a little bit or if you come down a little bit there we go yeah we we yep. <laughs> yeah yeah um yep. yeah so the the book that i became aware of you through is called the dismemberer's handbook um yes not an instructional guide <laughs> Just to make no. clear to people at home. Yes. Um, yes. T- tell us about it.
1: Um, the Dismemberer's Handbook, I based off of um, many, many years ago, almost 20 years ago. There was a serial killer called Martin Scripps um, who went on a rampage in Thailand on the Funket Islands. And he actually went after a mother and son. The son was there vacationing with his friends and the mother decided to join their vacation. And while the mother and son were off doing their things, they actually ran into a serial killer and he killed them, you know, put them in bins and that sort of thing. So I kind of I thought it was an interesting idea that that you could go on vacation thinking like it's all fun and games. And that there could be a a serial killer on the island. So my story is, you know, it's based off of a detective who loses her partner and she decides to go. She needs some time away. So she goes on vacation. And while she's there, she runs into a serial killer and gets drawn into this case. And in the meantime, like all the people she's met on the island are like dropping like flies. And it's up to her to kind of put the pieces together to figure out who this is and she, you know, there's a point where she starts to wonder if it's somebody within her own friends group. Mhm.
0: Yeah, I've been reading it, and it's got strong. Um, I don't know. Obviously, just with the setting, which is an unusual setting for a uh, for a sort of serial killer book. You know, it's got yes. the sort of uh, beach vibes. You know, the, mm-hmm. the 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 old book movie, the beach. Um, obviously, <laughs> yes. it's got the same setting as that. But yeah, I, I did find it fascinating that. You know, you started off uh, I guess in the States and then pretty much straight away you're in a completely different setting, which was uh really, really novel. Yeah. So yeah. Thank oh, you. A very cool book. Have you got have you got a copy of it there? I love the cover. Oh, I, I God. don't know if you've got one right there. So... I
1: don't I don't have one near me.
0: All right. I okay. should have no I should
1: have done that, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I can I can maybe put a graphic up on the screen if my editing <laughs> skills are uh, up to it. Um so that's interesting it was inspired by a true case yes and also have you have you actually been out to thailand i'm always interested in this because i wrote you have yeah
1: yes i i mean i spent some time almost a month there many 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 years ago and uh it's when you're, I mean, if you go to like Bangkok or anything like that, it's just chaos. It's like noise and sound and everybody's everywhere. But if you actually make it to the islands, it's really the most serene place that you could be. And you could literally get lost in this world um, and just not want to go home. Which is, I mean, the the these kids that ended up going there, based off of the story I was inspired, they were like backpacking there for a year. So... Yeah. It's definitely a place you can get lost in.
0: Yeah, which which has its pros and cons. Obviously, in the story, (laughs) the off grid, which provides its own issues, right? Yes. Lovely to get away from things for a while. Mm -hmm. So, you said that you've you've gone through obviously writing a lot of romance for other people, and Mm -hmm. you've done some of your own projects before coming to this. you said that you've always sort of been drawn to dark, um, stories, dark fiction. W- what were your sort of reading and writing habits like growing up?
1: Um, I mean, I've always been, I had, a, a traumatic childhood. So I've always been the type of person who kind of used books as a way, as a means of escape. So for me, I was always reading a lot, a lot, a lot. And, I mean, I, m- one of my favorite authors way back when was Dean Kunt, who, uh, you know, he's got his own version of writing thrillers. And, like, I ate up every one of his books. And so that was kind of who I was back then. And my mother um, never really thought much of, uh, of what we watched on TV. So me and my brother, we started watching horror movies when we were eight, Like we'd be at the blockbuster picking out our movies, and it didn't. I guess it maybe back then it just didn't occur to her that you know maybe eight year olds shouldn't be watching this stuff. But like we would we we devoured this stuff, and my my brother is now this huge horror horror geek and that sort of thing. And it just it that kind of stuff never really bothered us. And I think that now as an adult, I feel like because. I mean, I make my husband watch horror movies all the time, and he is not a horror movie fan. So it's interesting Mm -hmm. to see horror movies through the eyes of somebody who would rather not. Because to me, I feel like I'm almost desensitized to it at times. Mm -hmm. Because I've, you know, grew up watching it. Certain things just don't bother me. But sometimes he'll be like, that is seriously messed up. Like, why are we watching this? And I would just be like, oh, like... It's the newest movie, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it doesn't even bother me, but I think it's just because I read and watched that stuff from a, a very young age that it, you know, it used to always bum me out when I'd go to the library and they'd be like, oh, you can't take that out. You're not 18. And I'd be like, what? Yeah, I want to read even... that book.
0: Yeah, oh, really? <laughs> they wouldn't let you take books out? No,
1: they wouldn't let me. Like, I remember specifically, there was this one horror book in the library and it was one of those ones where the dolls come alive and come and kill you. And I I remember it, I was waiting for it to be released. And I went in there and they're like, absolutely not. Like when you're 18 or maybe it was 16. I don't know, whatever the age is now for, for being allowed to take books out like that. But yeah, they shunned me. And I was just like, oh man, like I've been reading this stuff for years. But <laughs> to them, I guess they were like, we're not going to traumatize this kid. <laughs> uh-huh. I've never heard yeah. of that with
0: books. I've heard, I've heard of it. Oh, with, maybe it's um, different movies. where you're
1: you know,
0: from, you rent- but yeah. Sorry, I think the the line <laughs> might have uh, lagged a little bit there. Um, yeah. Is I've it different in
1: that. the in the UK as far as age? With age books? requirements, yeah.
0: With books, I would imagine so. I've never ever heard of a, of an <laughs> age restriction. Like y- you see that there are categories that books are placed in. You know, young adult. Etc. Mm-hmm. Like when we're putting books on Amazon, we can sort of choose the suggested age range, but I've yeah. never known of somebody be turned away from buying one.
1: Oh, it's um, not buying one. It was taking it out of the library. Even, even, so yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, the even, control that they had, you know, they weren't just gonna, you know, cause maybe if, if I was a kid and I brought that home and then was traumatized by it, my mother would then go into the library and give hell. I don't know if that was... The, the logic behind not allowing me to take the book, but yeah, I had to wait.
0: So you said that you were just sort of allowed to look at dark stuff from a young age, but why, why do you think that you were drawn to it? Um, was um, it just because it was available, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe, um, I'm just trying to think of, even what my brother thought of it, but I just think it was more of, like, taboo, you know, my friends weren't, you know, my friends weren't watching this stuff, it was, like, you know, you just think it's, I think it's seen as, like, cool, you know, oh, we're gonna scare each other, it's gonna be fun, you know, and my mom always had, like, she did a big thing, like, every Friday night was movie night, and we were allowed to go into the movie store, get our snacks, um pick whatever movie we wanted and like I said me and my brother always went to the 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 horror movies and to us it was just be like I guess it was more like how scared can we actually get ourselves like is this one gonna scare us or is it gonna be lame I don't know
0: Mm -hmm. so the 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 taboo and the sort of shock factor of it and the fun of a scare yeah I think that that's you think that that's behind a sort of more general uh, draw towards the dark things? Like, obviously you've been an author for years. Um, You've been interacting with fans of the genre over the last couple of years since you've released this. Do you think, like, what, what do you think underpins? Because I've picked up on a couple of things that you said, obviously you, you, mentioned the taboo aspect of dark stories, but also earlier on you did say that you used stories as an escape. You said you had quite a traumatic childhood mm-hmm. and yet you use dark stories as an escape from it.
1: Yeah. which I just <laughs> it, it, Well, I mean, I can't speak. I obviously can't speak for everybody and why they choose to, to watch or write a, a certain aspect. I mean, I know the whole, especially if you're younger, the whole scare factor thing is a thing because that's why they have like haunted corn mazes and like, you know, Halloween weekend at theme parks because people genuinely like to be scared. You know, they like to be scared and know that, you know, at the end of the night, they're going to be safe and get to go home. But as far as me writing it, I know that people like it's funny because my really good friends and my husband and that sort of thing, they know me so well that like they'll send me like weird memes and stuff like that. And I'll be like, wow, that's really messed up. But to them, they're like, oh, Kim's going to love this. Like she's going to get a kick out of this. And I'll be like, is that really what, how you see me that I just look at this thing and be like, whatever. But that's how they see me because of the things that come out of my mouth and the, and the things that I watch and that sort of thing. And I, so I think that it, there is some kind of individual thing. Like it's almost like a joke of women loving true cl- crime and their husbands have to be worried if they're going to be murdered in the middle of the night and, and that sort of thing. But I know for me, I had a very dark upbringing. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that's why my mind goes dark all the time. Like, I think that okay. to me, I, I'm very cynical when it comes to... Um, that's what I said to you at the beginning there. I used to write romance, but I really struggled with that. Oh, everybody wants that sweet, happy ending. Because I, I don't think that's generally very realistic to assume that everything has a happy ending or and that sort of thing. So I find when... I'm writing that it's easy for me to go into dark areas because people are like, you literally dismembered somebody in your book. Like what honestly is wrong with you? And I'll be just like, you know, it's not like I'm a serial killer and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go like dismember somebody. But it's, it's not, to me, it's just like how my goal as a writer is how scared can I make the reader? Like, that's my goal. Mm -hmm. It's the same as when someone writes a romance novel, you want your readers to get, to get all the touchy feely stuff and to maybe possibly fall in love with the characters themselves. For me the goal is how scared can I make this person? Okay. So me it's like a fun thing, but I think I draw it out of things were so dark in my past that I almost had to turn it into like you you have to be able to see some humor in the bad things that happen to you because otherwise you'll just go crazy. And that sort of thing. And I think for me, the way that I healed was through reading and was through books. And and understanding that, like, you know, in order to move past it, maybe. And that was why I wrote my memoir was that was my healing experience. I'm going to write about it. I'm going to put it out there. And somebody else is going to find that and be like, wow, I went through the same thing. And heal themselves from their own journey. So for me, I like to. People are going to take this and they're going to use it for whatever. They're going to use it for entertainment, for healing, for whatever. So I think for me, it's just easy to go there. And I think that's from my own upbringing. But could I say that for everybody? No, obviously not. Everybody's had the life that I've had. But I definitely think it's a, a large aspect comes from people like to be scared. They like to be scared in a safe place where they know, you know, Wow, that was a really effed up movie, but you know what? I am safe. I'm at home. Nothing actually happening to me. But it was fun to be scared for that period of time. Yeah, I hope that uh, answered your I hope that long drawn out thing answered your question.
0: No, per- perfectly well. Perfectly well. <laughs> it's um I guess I, I might have used this analogy before. It's a little like a roller coaster, right? Like yeah. you feel like you're going to die, but you know you're strapped in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. So, exactly. Yeah, that and people love that stuff, right? They love going there and getting the crap scared out of them, but they know that, you know, the ride's going to stop at some point and they're going to get off and move on with their lives. So, yeah.
0: So what what is truly scary to you? Like what are some of the scariest things that you've read and watched?
1: I think I think the I think the horror movies or the the movies in general that I find the scariest are things that um could actually happen and I think that's why I delve so much into true crime that's the scariest to me is the things that could actually happen like the the alien movies and the you know Halloween or Jason and that sort of thing yeah it's all entertainment and you get your jump scares and that sort of thing but to me it's scariest knowing that like I just watched a documentary about like a wife that planned for three years how she was going to kill her husband. That's real. You know what I mean? Like, that stuff happens all the time. There's serial killers out there. You know, there's people banging down your door in a home invasion and killing you. Like, to me, if I'm going to watch anything that's going to bother me at the end of the night, it's either going to be a haunting movie, or because I experienced that in my life, or it's going to okay. be, um, you know, like walking down an alleyway and somebody grabbing you like it's the true life things that probably bother me more than the fantasy characters that are out there
0: Mm -hmm. and are there any particular ones that spring to mind some favorites
1: the the whole conjuring series is my favorite like that whole thing the whole the annabelle the like and i and i think it's because my family experienced something like that when I was very young, so I think that I kind of attach myself to that sort of thing because it's like, oh, I can relate to that. But um, that's probably my favorite franchise ever: is The Conjuring, The Nun, all that stuff. Okay,
0: okay. You, so you're you're one of my many guests who have had some sort of paranormal or supernatural experiences. I haven't had any, so I'm nope. sort of jealous. <laughs> like, what what happened? <laughs>
1: Well, it was pretty wild like we were at, we were at, this happened in Canada, which is w- where I'm from, but um we were in the paper and everything um oh, wow. so I was very young like i don't I don't remember it myself uh, I think I was under the age of one, but it was like my mom, who was a single mom, and then I had two older sisters and an older brother, and it was probably like considered a poltergeist scenario, like you know my mom was levitated and thrown across the room. And my brother, yeah, like my brother came in and was kind of possessed. He was using somebody else's voice. Um, My mother tried to give me a bath in a bathtub. And I kind of like was shaking as if I was being electrified. And uh, she found out later, like way down the line that the house that we were living on was Indian burial ground, whether Whether that was the connection or not. But I know the items that she used for us, especially me as a baby, were found in the attic when we first moved into the house. So it's very, very similar to like lots of the the haunting movies that you see out now. And again, my mother, you know, we left the house, we did our thing, and we ended up being in the local Hamilton newspaper. You know, family flees home and all that stuff. So, I mean... Um, there was people that had to go in and investigate the house and, and that whole thing. Obviously I don't remember anything myself because I was way too young, but I was, uh, you know, I've read all the newspaper articles, that sort of thing. So it's definitely bizarre. Like I, it's bizarre to think of, you know, cause a lot of people don't even believe in that. Never mind it actually, you trying to explain something like that to another person. But yeah, I've always been fascinated with, with that whole idea of something else having control of your home or you know being able to possess a body and that sort of thing
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well it's it's difficult like myself like I don't have any reason to believe because I've not experienced anything like that you know it's so it's like why would I believe But I appreciate no no but I'm not I'm not um the more I speak to people the more I understand why they do believe like if you've had an experience like that Of course you're going to believe something. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, so what about, (laughs) so the, the, the conjuring being your favorite of the sort of supernatural films, how about the more sort of true crime things that are Um, more closely related to what you write?
1: Yeah. I mean, as far as that, I, I mean, I don't know how many, like uh, fictional type stuff that i can think of offhand but i do watch a lot of documentaries like anytime anyone comes on netflix it's one and done like already but um you know like i watched the whole ted bundy series the john gacy Mm -hmm. series um netflix recently did one of jeffrey dahmer like I, i think the thing that i like most about those type of stories is like you you're seriously trying to figure out how these people are capable of doing what they do. And I like the whole aspect of seeing a, you know, a psychiatrist or somebody coming into the scenario and being like, you know, they delve into the mind of that killer and try to figure out, well, was this person abused growing up or are they born evil? I think that's one question that's never really been answered over the years is is it possible to be just born evil? Or is it something that happens to you in your life growing up that causes you to become this different person? So I think that's what I find fascinating about it is like trying to figure out what it takes to become that person because there are people that believe that everybody has the potential to be a killer. It just has to be what what flips that switch in, in a person. So
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I believe, I guess I believe that – Most people could take a life, you know, but in self-defense, in anger, right? But then you have you have the sort of acts that you that you've written about. Like that is a completely different thing. Yes, I I would be surprised if anybody could be shaped into that. Right, but I I mean, I don't know. I'm no authority on these things.
1: Do you think it's possible that somebody could be born evil? Like you're just born that person and you're going to grow up and you're going to do bad things.
0: Um, I think that people can be born sort of very low in traits like empathy um, that maybe with the right, well, with the wrong upbringing could sort of lead them down that path. But I don't, I don't know, like born... You know, I don't know about the evil thing. I don't know mm-hmm. it's It's yeah. an interesting question, right like right uh, yeah, it's really, really difficult to sort of get at somebody's moral direction, sort of uh right like from a factory setting because we, yes. we learn we learn so much from our environment, the people around us, but we are definitely tilted away, aren't we like we you've seen yourself if you've been around babies. Um, how different characters they are! Like pretty much mm-hmm. right from the off. So yeah, I, I can't I can't discount that people could be born like that. But I I would I don't know I don't know.
1: You're like I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: at least at least I would know if I was one. Um, right. So far, I think I've gone far enough down the line to be able to yeah. pretty much rule it out. So that's. That's a relief. I don't think that switch is yeah. really going to flip in me, um, right? But for all my shortcomings, I don't think I'm going to be chopping people up and putting them in bins <laughs> anytime soon.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So you were talking about like your your husband has a very different taste in mm-hmm. dark materials than you do. Yeah. It, like, what sort of things does he draw the line with, and do you have a line? That's
1: yeah. That's my question. Um my line is definitely like um I think when I when I want to want watch something, it's more of like uh I definitely get really intrigued by psychological stuff. Like, you know, someone's being terrorized terrorized psychologically or you're almost having to solve the puzzle of what's going on in the movie, but I like those and I like slasher flicks. Like, those are probably my, my favorites. So when I go away from it, I, what I don't like is Buckets of Blood. Okay. Which is interesting considering I wrote a book called The Dismemberer's Handbook. But one movie that I've never, one franchise that I've never been able to get into is the Saw movies. Like, right. I think I watched one and two and I was like, this is some sick shit. Like, this is sick Like, and I just, I, I, I know it. I think they're up to like, what? Like 11? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Like, I I don't know what, it's obviously popular, but I mean, I can't do it. Like the, the. The idea that, like, you know, and I think, like, I find it so high stress because, you know, this person's got this apparatus around her face. She's got, like, a minute and a half to get the key out of her stomach so that she can get the thing off. Like, it's just high stress. Like, you're stressing out, and then her face gets ripped off because she missed the deadline, and it's just, like, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's just horrifying on a and then it's like that they throw someone in a bucket of needles like it's just i can't yeah. that's the that's it for me that's it for me
0: wow wow the the author of the dismembered yeah. book No, i can take the saw i movies. can dish it
1: out but i can't take it <laughs> <laughs> wow. no it's just that uh, something about that franchise like i was i thought it's a great idea the fact that you know because it is i like the fact that it was psychologically just twisted like this guy Mm -hmm. is like determining your fate he got you because you were bad you did something wrong that he thought was morally wrong he got you now he's gonna psychologically fuck you up to the point where you're literally gonna rip your body open to get what you need to get to save your life like i get it like the whole i think it was a really original concept but i can't do the buckets of blood I can't do it. <laughs> it's just
0: <laughs> I was going to say I mean in saw 1 he only loses a leg. Yeah, you know, no, but that you're, was you're, the pain now it's pieces. like yeah.
1: yeah. And I mean I did. I got through part 1 and I got through and part 1 was probably the best one because like you didn't even yeah. realize the killer was in the room, right? That whole mm. thing. But now it is literally like what is the Best. What is the worst possible way to die? Like that's what the newest ones are. Is like how can I make somebody's life the worst that it could be? And it's like not even just one character anymore. They'll get a group of you together, and then torture you all of you in a group. Like it's just I can't. Have you watched them?
0: Yeah, I've watched I've watched a good few of them, not all of them. Yeah, because I think that they lost quality at some point. Yeah, I think after the second one they started to really degrade, but. I have heard that this new one that's just been out at the cinema is basically the next best one after the first one. Oh I God! Somehow really? managed to revive it. Yeah, so I've heard. Oh God! So I've heard. I've you're going to bring it, me so back into that, that dark
1: area. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to end up watching it now, and then I'll be calling you up. Like, why? Why'd you do that to me?
0: <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, uh, <laughs> you're responsible for your own film choices, <laughs> yeah. but if you write the Dismemberers Handbook. You need yeah to it's on it. me yeah yeah it's on you
1: <laughs>
0: that's that's hilarious that's hilarious that's where the line is yeah so just before we get back to the episode i wanted to let you know that my new thriller novel the cancer man is out now it's about a journalist who comes across a hypnotherapist life coach who claims to be able to cure cancer through nothing other than talking uh, if you're interested in the work of Darren brown If you've liked films like Magnolia, Nightmare Alley, Red Lights, Trance, and The Manchurian Candidate, uh, if you have a fascination with charlatanism, snake oil salesmen, uh, the darker sides of the personal development and self-help industry, I really think this book could be for you. If you'd like to pick up a copy, you can go to Amazon, find it easily there, or you can go to artumbletti.com and it'll be linked from there easily enough. Now let's get back to the show. So, uh, I, I tend to get sort of um, hypothetical and silly in the in the second half of the podcast.
1: Okay. I was going to ask you
0: if, well, obviously, if you're writing about this membrane, I'm guessing that you've done none. So did did you go purely from imagination, or were you researching to the point where, like, the police are coming and knocking on your door, seizing yeah. laptops, stuff like that? How, yeah. how did it, how did all that go?
1: Yeah, it's a lot of research. And honestly, I don't, I can't even imagine somebody going into my search history. Like they, like it's just, like I, like my husband would probably like sign divorce papers if he even went in it because you do, you got to look up some weird things. And there's like this one particular scene in my book where the main character has to like almost revive herself from death. Like she's on death's door and she's still trying to get going and sh- she needs a way out of almost dying. And I had to sit down with a, a paramedic friend of mine and I was like, okay, what, happ- what What would happen if she was in this situation? She's on death's door, but we're going to make her keep going. What mm-hmm. can I do to almost bring her back to life?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like he brought me through like, pu- like puncturing – the lungs to get the blood out. And it's just like, yeah, it's just, it really is a, just a lot of research to, cause I mean, you can literally write anything you want, but I would like it to be um, as realistic as, as it could be because, you know, you know, I, I know myself, I've, I've shut off a movie or I've closed a book myself because I was like, that's just stupid. Like that would never happen. Like, yeah, and yeah so I mean uh when you come to situations like you know can these things actually happen? I try to stay as close to um the truth as possible in in as ridiculous as a situation as you because most people would just like lie down and be like, You know what, I had a good run, but you know she's really trying to take down this the this killer and and we're we're really bringing her all the way through it so Um, yeah, it's research, research. I've never actually killed anybody myself, so.
0: (laughs) Just chop them up a little bit.
1: Yeah, like, you know, in my mind, you have to do a lot of mind work.
0: (laughs) So, so do you recall from your research, like, is there... Is there a sort of um, most efficient way to dismember somebody? Like, do you start in a particular place, yeah. or are there particular tools that are best for the job? Or, I mean, yeah. again, you're not incriminating I mean, yourself here because you've written a fiction <laughs> book, so.
1: Yeah, I think you gotta, you gotta. I mean, I've, I, myself would use an axe. Like, there is a cle- There is nothing more cleaner and quicker than an axe going through a body part. I'll tell you this one story. I used to bartend and we were having a pig roast and the kitchen decided that it was going to be a good idea to cut up the pig in the back room. And it is not as easy as you think it would be. And she had like an electric knife and there is a sound when when. You know, a knife goes to bone that you never, ever want to hear. And it's those kind of things that you bring into a book where someone's like, Oh my god like that is the worst possible thing that I could imagine. And that's what always comes to my mind when I think of dismembering somebody is like, you know, sometimes you got to get the electric drill out, you know, you know, a certain thing's not going to go through the way that not a drill, sorry, a saw. Something's not going to go through the way that you wanted and you just got to plug in the saw and like, you know, do your thing but I remember, like, I was working that day, and it was the worst sound that I've ever heard in my life, hearing that pig being, like, cut up in the back room, that I was just like, I cannot believe we're doing this right now, but, yeah. Wow.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, no, no, I I haven't, I haven't butchered something myself, (laughs) so, like, it's not something that you really think about, huh?
1: No. No.
0: Yeah, bones are, bones are pretty tough things. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So I will move on to um, ask you. So obviously you'll be well read and uh, you'll, you'll have watched plenty of uh, thrillers and horrors and whatever else. I wanted to ask you because we play a, a little game. Um, for this game, we're going to need three of your favourite dark characters from, I guess, fiction. But I mean, if you if you more right, into true right. crime, if you more into true crime, feel free to. F- Feel free to throw some of those in if you want to.
1: But yeah, okay. three of your okay. favorites. All right. All right. So you want me to name them now? So it could yeah, be yeah. any character. Okay. Any. I'm going to yeah. do like Joe Goldberg from the TV series You. Okay. We'll yeah. throw in Ted Bundy from A huh. True Crime. And how about like Michael Myers?
0: Okay. Okay. So we've got... We've got a sort of stalker, stalker um, sort of, he's, a, he's an interesting one, Joe Goldberg. I really enjoyed you. <laughs> yeah. I know my, uh, my girlfriend, she'd watched like a full series of it yeah. um, without me. And I was sort <laughs> of like, I don't, I don't think it's for me. And she was like, no, really, like watch the first episode. Yeah. And uh, yeah, at the end of the first episode, I was like, this is brilliant. And yeah. he's quite a nice guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's hard to Which hate is, the guy, is what's interesting about the whole series. Yeah,
0: it's written very well. Written very well. Yeah. Okay, so we've got we've got Joe Goldberg, we've got Ted Bundy, and we've got uh, a slasher icon, yeah? Okay. Okay, so the game the game is... And I don't know if you've got this game in Canada or the States. Have you, have you ever played Snog, Marry, Avoid?
1: I think we have, like kiss Mary kill which probably is the yeah, same yeah, yeah. vein so, of what so you're similar. talking about okay
0: yeah similar thing so my version of that is stalk bury <laughs> okay. destroy
1: mary yeah. Mary's is so, still in there oh bury
0: no no bury be- yeah, okay yeah, yeah. all right, Sorry, all right. i
1: have to the marry one of these <laughs> people <laughs> okay <laughs> all right
0: <laughs> that would that would be quite an interesting game too but um <laughs> okay. yeah so of of those characters so Stork, I guess you would follow the character round, see how they went about their okay. business, because they're an interesting okay. operator. Um, Barry, okay. like, they are evil, so they deserve to die, but maybe okay. they have some redeeming qualities, so you would give them a funeral service. You know, oh. you, you, would, you would allow them to have a headstone and people could come and mourn them. Um, But then destroy is saved for the worst of the lot, who has to be absolutely annihilated, possibly dismembered. Um, Oh, okay. So, so, yeah, of the three, which one would you stalk?
1: I'd probably stalk Joe, because he needs to know what it feels like. Yeah, like you know what I mean? He wouldn't see it coming either, because he's so focused on what he's doing.
0: Yeah, he's very focused. Yeah, give him so
1: for sure, I would stalk the stalker.
0: Yeah. So would you, you know, you said that he'd have to know about it at some point, so would you sort of reveal that you've been following him for a while?
1: Oh, I have to reveal it? That's dicey.
0: Well, um, would, would you? That's my question.
1: No, I wouldn't, because he. we know how everybody ends up in his life. Like, he would just come after me then. He'd be like, oh, she knows all my secrets, she watched me bury someone she's going to go tell so-and-so that I'm stalking her. Like, he'd for sure be after me. So I, I'd probably either yeah. have to not tell him or I'd have to end up killing him, which,
0: yeah, you know. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Stalk the stalker. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. A, Give him a taste of his own medicine. medicine. Um, mm-hmm. So then of the other two, which one would you bury? Which one has some redeeming qualities?
1: Um <laughs> I don't, I don't, Well don't know. I don't know if either of them have many redeeming qualities. No, is, I mean like if I have to give somebody a if I have to give somebody a funeral, I guess I would have to do Ted Bundy because like his mother was so broken up about it. Like she she thought he was innocent all the way till the end. And she was so I mean I think if anyone deserves a funeral, we'll give it to his mother. You know, she's gonna We'll bury him, get him out of the way, and then at least give his family somebody to to mourn. I guess. Plus, the other guy definitely does not deserve a funeral, so I kind of have to do the lesser of the evils if that's possible.
0: Yeah. So that's that's uh that's interesting that you've gone you giving him the funeral not for him yeah. but for his yes
1: mother. yes his mother was pretty like messed that. up about that whole thing so yeah.
0: Right. I don't know much about it. I did. I did watch the. Um, was it uh, Zach Afron who did a film?
1: Yes. Yeah. Is
0: that Ted Bundy. Yeah, I watched that, but I don't. I don't remember the mother being a big feature. But if you're a no, you're a the mother wasn't a
1: you... uh, a feature. But they've done probably a dozen documentaries on this guy, and she w- really was like, he's innocent. He's innocent. She was at his trials, and was like absolutely not. And then. When he eventually, he was trying to avoid the death penalty, so he eventually admitted and then started showing the the police where the bodies were and stuff like that. She wrote a letter, and she was devastated. She was like, I don't understand it. He was not raised that way. He's got sisters that were the same ages of the victims, so she's like, she was just flabbergasted that he actually mm-hmm. did the stuff. So, yeah.
0: Oh, interesting. And so that leaves... It was Jason, right?
1: No, Jason, it's Michael saying? Myers.
0: Michael Myers. Sorry. Michael Myers, I yeah. I might have got that wrong. So how would Michael Myers get it? How would you destroy him?
1: I think, like... Like, the theme of those movies, it seems to be, like, you shoot him or you burn him and you, everything, and then everybody assumes he's dead. And then whatever he goes to the morgue or, or somewhere and then a, sure shit that i'm sorry i'm not sure if i'm allowed to swear but and then the next movie comes out and uh, the you podcast, know he's alive the
0: podcast is called what the fuck is wrong with us it's fine it's fine <laughs>
1: okay. um so obviously it doesn't matter what you do to this guy he's coming back to life so he's for sure deserves to be destroyed maybe i'm the person that can do it maybe it's by dismembering him Because how is that guy going to come back to life if we take apart his body and then, you know, bury it in all continents? (laughs) You know, like one piece will be in Alaska. The other piece will be in the UK. You know how it works. And then that way, because I honestly wonder why they haven't done that yet. Because... You think he's dead, but then Halloween 18 is coming out. So, you know, he came back somehow. Like the one, almost, I think the last one, they like lit him on fire in a house. And I was like, okay, we're done now. But now another mm-hmm. one's coming out. So it's like, Never make it make sense. Never done. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, you got to dismember the, that, him, that's I guess. the end
0: of the films, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You uh-huh. would think, but it's not going to be no, the end. So yeah, very... dismember him. No more movies. That's the end of it.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. I think the franchise yeah. needs to go anyway. So. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it been done affair. so many
1: ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we, so, they got to at least explain to us how this guy's still alive, right?
0: <laughs> I think you're asking a bit too much. Oh, okay. <laughs> <sighs> so... Uh, before you you mentioned the saw films and i don't know whether your example would come from these or somewhere else but what what's the sort of i don't know the worst or the best um i guess either method of death or of terrorization because you talked about the sort of psychological uh, mm-hmm. stuff bothering you more than the, than the physical stuff so what what's the sort of what's the method of terrorization or killing that has sort of stuck with you most from all of the fiction and films that you've seen, or or again, maybe true crime. I don't know.
1: Um, I guess it's probably the stuff that I hate the most that sticks with me because it's, it bothers me. Like it bothers me for a while after because I'm, I'm trying to, you try to work it around in your brain and you're like, well, you like this stuff. So like, you should be able to get through these movies, but it's like, I think it's the idea if I put myself in that scenario, you know, and I wake up and I'm in some room and I got this thing on my head and the message is like, the key is in your stomach and you gotta, <laughs> you have like a half an hour to get it out of your stomach and then unlock the door and you'll be okay. And I just think like, I don't even know what I would do in that scenario. Like, could I actually be terrorized to the point where I would actually gouge my own stomach open to save myself or would I just be like, let's just be done with it like just, I'll watch the timer go out and that'll be at the end of it and call it a day because I don't think that I could actually do it but these movies are evidence that people are willing to do if they're terrorized enough they're willing to do just about anything to save their own lives so I don't know. I think that's the thing that bothers me is that I can't it's so scary to think that you could actually be put in that situation and then it really is up to you to get out of it but you have to do these horrific things to either yourself or somebody else in order to save your life like that guy's like cutting off his own leg and 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 that sort of thing just to get himself out of these situations or you have to cut somebody else's leg off and it's just like how effed up mm-hmm. do you have to be to actually follow through with these games?
0: Mm. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting thing that I don't know that I've thought about before. Because obviously you're in that situation, you would obviously feel desperate to get out of it. Whether you can yeah. bring yourself to do the thing or not is a different matter. But also, like, would you actually trust that this person who's put you in this position right. would let you go even if you had done what they've asked yeah. you to? so plus you have to consider um, like is the
1: key actually in my stomach or is this person like making me kill myself like Mm -hmm. yeah it's a sick game
0: yeah i guess the um i guess the example that comes to mind that's sort of a bit cleaner with the um question of whether you could like really inflict damage to yourself to save yourself did you ever see that movie was it 127 hours Based on the guy who had to cut his own arm off to escape. Oh, a, yeah. Like a a rock. He, yes. He was, uh, I forget what they call it when you're sort of squeezing between little gaps in canyons. Yeah, he was like stuck
1: that. in the some cave or something, wasn't he? Yeah.
0: That's right, yeah. And he, he ended up after a 100, and I think it's 27, it might be 28. After <laughs> after a few days, he realized it was either like the arm's got to go or I, I'm going. So oh, he actually God. did it.
1: Um, yeah.
0: But yeah, I don't. I don't. It, it's it's interesting to think in that situation. Like, would you do it when you take all of the other stuff out of the equation? Like, could you save your life? Yeah. Via that sort of method. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, not a not a question <laughs> many of us are ever going to have to answer.
1: Yeah. Hopefully not. Uh.
0: Hmm. Um. So talking about those evil characters before, if you were going to be an evil character, what sort of evil character would you be? So it could be anything from like a serial killer to a a gangster to a ghost or a werewolf, whatever, like, what would you be?
1: I think that if I was going to do something, because I I definitely don't have the um, affinity in me to just be a killer to just go out and kill senselessly. But I always found Dexter to be really interesting because there was a guy who, you know, it was believed that the character was born that way and he wasn't going to stop irregardless, but he didn't want to just go out and kill innocent people. He was going to kill the bad guys. So I could see Mm -hmm. myself if I was going to go out and, become a killer to almost be like a vigilante killer where you're you're gonna do it but at least you're taking down the bad guys sort of thing. Okay.
0: Yep. I can see that. I can see that. I don't even do you know what I ask this question all the time and I don't know what what sort of evil character I would be. I'm gonna have to give that some thought so that I can actually uh answer it. I've
1: also been attracted to the idea of being a vampire. Like, anytime I watch a vampire movie, I'm like... And I mean, I'm not, you know, thrilled about the idea of drinking blood and all that stuff. But I do like the fact that, you know, if you get to live forever, you know, and nobody can kill you, or at least you have a strong amount of immortality, uh, you can accomplish a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, I could get... Take a lot of things off my bucket list, you know, with a, with a little immortality, you know. So yeah, I've always found that whole vampire thing intriguing as well.
0: And is there a particular vampire that you would sort of model your vampire life on, or is it just the general idea of being able to live forever?
1: No, I don't think I have a specific one. I think it's just the idea that you know you have these you have these powers. That, that make you special, and then, you know, you don't really have to worry about, like, dying in any particular way. Like, I don't even know if you... Because some of the movies even take away from, like, you know, the stake in the heart thing. They kind of took it away from, well, vampires can't actually be killed. So it's like, can you actually even be killed at all? Or is it the... Or, or can someone kill me with a stake through the heart? I don't know, but... I, I just I, I like the idea that, like, yeah, you get to live forever and do all the things. But, again, there's all the cons to it, too. Like, you know, you're going to watch everybody you know die around you of old age. And then at some point, you almost have to, like, make your own family over time, over and over again. So there's definitely some cons to it. But I do find it an intriguing idea.
0: Mm-hmm. I think my favorite vampire, he's almost like the Dexter <laughs> of vampires. He's in Blade.
1: Yes, Yes, that's true. Blade's a really good yeah. one. I mean, uh, they kind of went away from that whole thing with the whole Twilight series and turned it into like a romance novel, which I watched them, wasn't a big fan of. One of my favorite vampire movies is Vampires, where you saw it from the... Have you ever seen it? Vampires? No, I don't think so. Is it a John, you saw John it Carpenter from, like... film? Yes, and you, and you saw it from the... Um... Vampire slayer side. So that's how the movie starts out. It's this group of vampire slayers and the vampires are legitimately the bad guys in this. And so you see them going from town to town hunting these vampires. But those vampires were terrifying.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard it's a good film. I've heard yeah, it's, very it's good.
1: good. Yeah.
0: So vampires aside, what's next for you? So we had the Dismemberer's handbook when when is your next book out what's it about um Uh, the divulging as much as you're comfortable with
1: yeah "The member's handbook has a sequel and it's coming out um just after christmas and then um i also have like a Paranormal thriller that's out right now Called Divine Vengeance And it also has a sequel coming out in the new year So I have back to back sequels Before I'll move on to An entirely different theory So yeah I am I need to get these two books out And then um, I'm actually bouncing around the idea uh, With a friend of doing A true crime podcast Called Killer Ladies And so that's going to be Out there somewhere In the new year as well so I'm just juggling all these balls right now. So, yeah, that's what we're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Keeping busy. Yeah. So, uh, I obviously the podcast is called What the the Fuck Is Wrong With Us? And I guess the more I do it, the more I'm sort of moving away from... um, I think it's a funny question. I don't think there's really something wrong with us for liking this stuff, <laughs> but no. mean, sometimes sometimes there might be. But if if you were to put a finger on sort of what it was about you that um drew you to this sort of stuff, like what, like what. <laughs> what is
1: what's wrong with me I, is that I, I can't even, I can't, you know
0: what this is well this is what I do it so at the end of at the end of each episode I ask my guests like in one sentence what the fuck's wrong with you you know yeah uh, but I've noticed that people are very very reluctant to give me a straight answer um, yeah Everyone sort of oh there's nothing wrong with me there's nothing wrong with me so <laughs> I'm wondering if my closing for the episode is possibly a little bit too personal. But if if yeah. you were to sort of give me a, a light hearted answer to to that question, like what what the fuck is wrong with you? That sort of makes you like this stuff and write this stuff, what would
1: you say? What the fuck is wrong with me? Um, I mean, my husband, I'll tell you, has literally asked me that a couple of times (laughs) when I've suggested suggested watching a certain thing. So I feel like maybe there is something wrong with me. But could I pinpoint Uh it? Like I said, I, I had a difficult childhood. So, I mean, I think that we're all filled with lights and darks in the world. And sometimes, depending on maybe each individual day we let a little bit more of that darkness out of us than, you know, we intend to. And and that sort of thing, especially when making decisions in our life. But uh, could I pinpoint what the fuck is wrong with me? No, but I feel like there probably could be a little bit wrong with me. But I feel like that's probably just my, you know, the things I've experienced in my life where I can, I definitely am somebody who could Find humor and dark things and dark humor and satire and that sort of thing. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I guess the short answer uh, is I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. Okay.
0: (laughs) No, but uh, do you know what? I, I appreciate your answer because I feel like... I feel like uh, it's moved us on a little bit from people denying yeah. that there's something wrong with them. You've, you've yeah, they no. might feel like no, they have there's a safe space. something wrong with me, but I just don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah I, I, don't, I, don't I don't think, think I'm I... making... I,
0: I don't think that a podcast <laughs> for the world's eyes and ears is the safest space for people to no. <laughs> um, admit to deep character flaws, even in a jokey way.
1: Right.
0: But, you know, I learn as I go on. So, yeah. no, thank you. Thank you for sharing with me. Um, No problem. Where can people find your stuff?
1: Um, I do have a website. It's KimmyLove.com. That's Kimmy with an I. But uh, everybody can find stuff most easily on Amazon. So, I mean, that's where I know most people do their book shopping, maybe. So that's probably the easiest place for people to find my stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's the Dismemberer's Handbook. And obviously, through Kimberly Love's page, you can find all of her other works as well yes okay well this has been what the fuck is wrong with us and a little change at the end i'm just going to remind people to subscribe to the channel because i realize that i never do that and it actually matters so if you've enjoyed this and you'd like more conversations like this subscribe because it, it eggs me on to do more um and it it makes authors want to come on more as well so um yeah hit subscribe below uh thank you again for coming on all the best thank you for having me this book and, and the other books that are coming um and yeah thank you for everyone listening take
1: care all right thank you